Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Has anybody ever thought about that before, how God is seeking the worshipers? Now, I believe worship is a choice. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. It's a choice. You've got to choose the worship. Amen. I believe that's why David never lost the war, because the praises of God was always in his lips. Listen, long before David was a giant killer, how many know David was a worshiper? Maybe your worship will equip you to kill the giants that are in your life. Amen. I believe we need to pray about the situations, but maybe sometimes we just need to worship the king of kings and let him handle the situations. Amen. The scripture says God is searching. He is looking for a worshiper. He's looking for a worshiper. I don't know about you, but if God is looking for something, I want him to look at me. If God is searching for something, I need to put it in my mind. God is looking for that. I want him to see me. I believe our society has made worship into something that it is not. I've been to, I went to a uh, private school when I was in uh, middle school, high school, a Christian school. Uh, I believe it was more of a, considered more of a Baptist Christian school. And uh, we would have what we call worship service. But that's exactly what it was. It was just called a worship service. But there wasn't a whole lot of worship in the service. Right. See, before I start here and really get into it, I kind of want to talk about what worship is not. Right. Because I believe we made worship into something that it is not. Number one, worship is not an event. I understand we will have a worship service at 11 o'clock. We call that our worship service. But just because we call it the worship service, that does not mean, in fact, that is that to you. Did that make sense? Just because you attend the worship service doesn't mean it's a worship service for you. But you've got to worship God for it to be a worship service. It's more than just an event but you've got to worship God. It's a choice. Isaiah 29, 13 says this. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people draw near with, with me with their mouth, and their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart from me, and their fear toward me is, is taught by the precept of men. In other words, God is saying they come to me and they sing they're saying all the right things, but the problem is their heart is far from me. They made an event out of a service, calling it a worship service, but that is not what he considers it to be because they are not worshiping him from their heart. You see, true worship comes from the heart. Amen? True worship comes from the heart. Jesus said this, out of the abundance of the heart, the... The mouth speaketh, right? In other words, if you truly love God, it's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to automatically express that love towards him. Now let's continue in Mark. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, it says this. And thou shalt love 
the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. It says actually this is the first commandment, right? To love God with all thy heart, mind, strength, right? Jesus said out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then he said you must love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you do that, if you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, then it will automatically push praise out of your mouth. So when you come into a worship service and you love God with all your heart, how many love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength? Then it's just going to automatically push out because out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. The Bible also says, let the redeemed of the Lord. See, I got some Bible believing people in here. Y'all read your Bible. In other words, how many in the house been redeemed? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, I have to, an obligation that if I've been redeemed, I need to stand up and I need to worship him. Amen. I need to magnify him. Amen. There's so much uh, that we consider worship. Uh, we call it a worship service. But I'm wondering, how many times has it really been a worship service to you? How many times have you come into the house just frustrated with things and you kind of forgot about, hey, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. How many know God is worth our worship? He's worth our worship. And if he's worth our worship, then it doesn't matter how I feel. I should automatically be able to worship him and magnify him. Worship is not in the music itself. Amen. I, I, I understand that when we do worship, we have a worship service. Uh, generally, that is uh, meaning we're going to sing some songs. But worship is not in the music, but worship is in your mouth. Amen? When you magnify God. And if you are sitting in the audience, just because someone's playing a piano doesn't in fact mean that you are worshiping God. Amen? But you've got to lift your voice. And you've got to say something to God. And you've got to magnify Him. Amen? Worship is not a performance. How many go to concerts? Anybody like to go to concerts? Christians concerts? Christians concerts? Uh, Brother uh, uh, Tommy likes to go to some of those rock concerts every once in a while. But the rest of us like to go to the Christian concerts. And I understand our society has made worship into a performance. We go to the concert and the band performs in that concert. The audience, we are the audience and they are the performers. But when we are worshiping God, there is no spectators. There is no audience. I understand we have a worship team and they are worshiping God. And we have musicians that are worshiping God on the, on, on, on the instruments. But we as the audience, we are not the spectators, but we got to also join in and worship him. Amen. Because worship is not about the show, but worship is about our God. I'm going to ask again, is he worth your worship? If he is worth your worship, then as soon as the first key hits, you should be able to raise your hands and say, God, you're worthy. God, I magnify you. God, I glorify you because you are worth my worship. Amen. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In worship, we must be the participants, not the observers. 
we got to participate in the worship. Worship is not entertaining to me. It's not entertainment to me, but rather what I want to do is I need to lift my voice and magnify. And what I mean by saying it's not entertaining to me is that worship is not, is not for me to receive something. I need you to hear me. We don't have worship service for you to receive something. Now, I understand in worship service, you will receive some things. I understand in worship service, healing can come. I understand all that. But I'm not coming to worship service in my mind thinking I am trying to receive. Rather, I'm trying to worship God. I'm flipping the script here. I understand God is worth all of my worship. God is worth every praise in my mouth. And so when I come into the house of God, it ain't in my mind, well, I'm going to lift my hands and worship because I need a new car. <laughs> I'm here to worship God because, you know, I, I need something. I need God to be my Santa Claus and give me something. No, I'm worshiping God because who he is. I'm worshiping God because he's already redeemed me. He's already done enough for me. Amen. I worship him because I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And with that, I just push out my worship. I come into worship service saying, you know what? I am going to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords because he is worth that. But I want to ask you, what is worship? Webster defines worship to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. True worship, in other words, is defined by the priority we place on one who God is in our life, and number two, where God is in the list of our priorities. We worship God because he is God, period. Nothing else needs to be added to that sentence. We worship God because he's God. I don't need another reason to worship God. I worship because he is God. Worshiping is you coming into the presence of God and lifting up your hands. Your extravagant love and extreme submission to the Holy One flows out of the reality that He loved me first. Before I could love Him, He loved me. See, that's powerful to me. Before I could even give back to Him, He already gave to me. Before I could do anything, He already did. That's powerful to me. You see, we worship God for who he is, not just for what we need done for us, not just for something I need. We worship him for who he is. It is highly appropriate to thank God for all the things that he has done for us. Amen. We understand that. However, true worship is shallow if it solely comes from the acknowledgement of God's wealth. I'm going to say that again. True worship is shallow if it is solely on an acknowledgement of God's wealth. We are not worshiping God uh, uh, just because we want something. But we're worshiping God because he's the king of kings. Has, has God, I have a question for you. Has God ever failed you? God has never, thank you, God has never failed you. We are worshiping God for who he is. Who he will be. Amen. We are we are not truly worshiping God if we only are doing so simply because we need something out of him. But we are worshiping because he is holy. We are worshiping because he is mighty. Amen. We must focus our practice of worship on God's worthness, not God's wealthness. 
we understand he owns it all. God can give us whatever we need. If it is in his will, God can do whatever he wants. He's got it all. But I'm not worshiping because he's got it all. I'm not trying to be buddy-buddy up with him because I need something, but because he already is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My worship is not based on what I need out of him, but I want to give back to him. Amen? I want to worship him. I have a question for you today. Would you continue to worship God if from this day forward he can never do another thing for you? Could you still come to 11 o'clock service and run the aisles and lift your hands and lift your voice if you knew God has cut it off and there is no more blessings in the house? Could you still come into the house of God and say you're still worthy? You're still wonderful. You're still magnificent. You're still the king of kings. You're still the rock of all ages. You're still the lily in the valley. The truth is if God never did another thing for me, he's already done enough for me. If he never does another thing for me, he's already loved me. He's already redeemed me. He's already saved me. And so with that, I owe him the worship. My worship to him. If he can never do another thing for me, I still owe him my worship. Worship is a response to God. Look at your neighbor and say, worship is a response to God. We love him because he loved us first. Amen? Because he loved us first and called us and saved us and provided for, the, for us, we respond with that love, mercy, and saving power by declaring his worth in worship. When we worship God, we are responding to God, the one who loved us first, the one who saved us. How do, you, how do we respond to him, the scripture says, by declaring his worth in worship? Because he's worthy. Amen. I'm responding to God. Worship, if you're, if you're taking notes, I know some people take notes. I want you to write this down. Worship is that which values him above, above everyone and everything. Worship is that which values him above everyone and everything. There are people in this room that I value. There are people in this room that I love dearly. They are very dear to my heart. I can't imagine living life without them, but I do not worship them. Do you understand that? We have a great pastor, and he is our shepherd and our leader, and I miss him today, and he will be back Wednesday, and we'll be back next Sunday. We'll have a great service. I miss him, but we do not worship the pastor. Amen. I value the pastor, and I need a pastor in my life. I can't imagine having Pastor Chavis not in my life. I can't imagine that. He's a great man of God. I, I, I love him, and, and I want him there, but I don't worship him. I can't imagine life without him, but I don't worship him. But with God, let's switch it, okay? We can't handle our relationship with God the same way we're handling our relationship with our friends and our family, okay? But with God, I have to switch the words a little bit. I can't imagine my life without some of you. But with God, it goes beyond my imagination. Do you understand that? With God, I can't live without God. 
You see the difference? I can't survive without God because God is my everything. And so when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said in Mark 12, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, maybe I'm taking a a little bit of uh, grace here, but in other words, the greatest commandment could be you worshiping God. Because how can you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and not worship him? Because out of the heart, the... The mouth is going to speak. And if your heart is right with God and you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, when you come into the house of God, you won't need a preacher to come up here and say, now, come on, let's worship. Come on, let's magnify. No, there are people in this house that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as soon as the first key is hit, they automatically go, Lord, I love you. Lord, I magnify you. You know, before this service even started, up on the, if you go upstairs on the far right, we have a little prayer room in there. And there are people in there before pastor could even call them and say, hey, are y'all going to go worship God? They're already up there. God, I love you. God, I magnify you. God, because they love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And automatically that worship comes out of them. Each and every, Does anybody wake up in the morning and just start and say, God, I love you? You must love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because out of the heart, the mouth just begins to speak. You wake up, Lord, thank you for this day, and I love you, and I magnify you. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 12 and 6. Help me out with that. Isaiah 12 and 6. I'm not sure if I gave that to you. It said, cry out and shout thou inhabitant of Zion. Why? Why am I crying out and shouting? Why? Because I need something? No. Why? Because, uh, no. It's if you continue with the, the, the verse, for great is the Holy One of Israel in midst of thee. Cry out, truth chapel, and shout and worship him. Why? Because great is the Holy One that is in the midst of us. That's all we need to know. If he is here, I'm ready to worship. If he's in the midst, I want to lift up his name. I want to magnify him. Amen. Worship is not, a, is not about emotions, but worship can bring you to an emotion. It's impossible to just stand there with your mouth closed and worship God. Because if your heart right, your mouth is going to be right. <laughs> Write that down. I said if your heart right, maybe your mouth will be right. And you can't just stand there with your mouth closed and worship God. But something stirs up inside of you when you get in the midst of God's people. I'm hoping this is the greatest worship service we have today. After you heard that message, Pastor preached last week. I don't know how you can't come into the house of God and begin to worship. But when God is in the midst, I immediately, if my heart's right, I just begin to say, God, I love you. God, and if you can't do that, get your heart right. If you can come in the house of God and you can't seem to worship, I, I, I'm asking you, get your heart right. Because when the heart is right, your mouth will begin to speak and you'll begin to worship. And so worship can bring you to a emotion. There is an emotion that can come when you begin. The, the, the song, I don't know if you all know the song. It says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. <laughs> we just in Bible study, but man. It feels good in the house of the Lord. 
Because when I just think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, all it takes is a thought. And then my soul begins to stir up. Something inside of me begins to stir up. And when I think of the goodness and what he's done for me, I just begin to say, hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Can we do that right now? I know it's Bible study. But can somebody just think of the goodness of Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been good to me, God. You see, when I think an emotion comes on, it's impossible to think of the goodness of God and just stand there quiet. But when I think of the goodness of God, oh, that's all right. We can do that right now. We can worship him. We can magnify him right now because some people in the house are thinking about the goodness, thinking about how God brought you out. Oh, my God. Mm. I'm not nervous right now. I'm okay. Some people want to worship God. I'm okay with waiting. Somebody want to get a praise out right now. Mm. See, this is a different kind of worship. I don't believe you're worshiping God because you need something right now. You're worshiping God because he is worth your worship. He's worthy. You're worthy of it all, God. You're worthy of it all, God. Oh, my God. Jesus. Mm. Mm. You see, some of us in here, we get confused between praise and worship. And if you want to continue to worship, you can continue. You ain't going to bother me. But we get confused on the difference between praise and worship. And let me first say this. Praise is a form of worship, but true worship goes beyond praise. And let me explain. You praise God for the clothes that are on your back. You praise God for the money that is in your bank. You praise God for that job and that house. Do you see the pattern? You praise God for the stuff that you have. But when I worship God, my worship goes beyond my praise. 
That is why God is looking for the true worshipers. Because when I worship God, I, I, I worship God even when I can't afford the clothes. I worship God even when there's no money in the bank. I worship God when I, even if I lose that job. Because my worship is not predicated on what I have. My worship is predicated on his worthness. And he's worthy. And he's worthy. And he's worthy. I said he's worthy. He's worthy. You see, the last time I checked, Brother Barry, he is still the rock of all ages. Even if the bank account says negative 100, he's still the rock of all ages. Even if I ain't feeling good today, he's still the bright and morning star. I may have not felt like coming to church, but he's still the lily in the valley. He's still, oh, come on, somebody. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. Beside him is no other God, but I can go straight to him. I don't got to go to a priest, but I can go to him and magnify him every day in my house, in my closet, in my problem, in my situation. Because he is worth my worship. He's worth my worship. I don't think I'm going to get through this today. Maybe I have to continue on another Sunday, but I'm going to say this real quick. If your worship continues, you're not bothering me. Those that are listening, listen to this. I don't believe we understand what our worship does in here. Do you understand that your worship silence the, silences the enemy? Your praise and your worship. Some of you saying the enemy is talking to me, well then start to worship God. Because your worship silences the enemy. The devil's full-time job at one time was to worship God, but he got kicked out of heaven. And now he doesn't want you to worship God, but he wants you to worship him. And he's after your children. He's after your grandchildren. And he's trying to do everything he can to get them to worship other things than God because he understands the power in worship. But when you begin to worship God, you begin to silence the enemy. You begin to silence that voice. It's impossible to worship God and listen to the enemy at the same time. And you're wondering why the enemy is in your ear. It's because you're not worshiping God right now. But if you begin to worship him, the enemy's trying to attack my mind. But Lord, you have the power over my mind. And I worship you. And I magnify you. And I glorify you. Because your worship will silence the enemy. It will silence the enemy. I dare you to try that in our worship service. I dare, I dare you in our worship service uh, that when the first note, is, you just start to worship God. Uh, just don't wait on anybody else. Just begin to magnify him and glorify him. Just begin to worship him. I promise you, you can't listen to the enemy and worship God at the same time. You're going to do one or the other. But when you worship God... 
Mm. The enemy's got to flee. Y'all read the same Bible I believe that it says when you just say, Jesus! Ha, the enemy's got to flee. He can't even handle the mention of his name. And he can't handle your worship either. Because your worship will silence the enemy. Someone say amen. Mm, it just feels good in the house today. Bishop's like, man, I'm ready to preach. You ready to preach, Bishop? Because I'm going to tell you, the bishop's got the word today. He's going to preach to us today. And I pray that you begin to worship in the worship service. And I pray that when the man of God gets up and speaks, you will respond to the word of God. Respond like you're responding right now. And I promise you, if that happens in this house, today will be a service that will say, I remember that day. I remember some of you are going to walk out delivered. Some of you are going to walk out healed. Come on, let's just worship him right now. I, I, I'll finish that later. But I feel the presence of God in this house. If you want to stand, then stand. But I wonder, could a worship just erupt into this house right now? Let this be the pre-prayer for the service. Come on, I wonder, is there a mom that would step out in the aisle right now and begin to walk and say, God, I love you. God, I may not understand the circumstances that are in my life, but God, I love you. God, I magnify you. If you have nothing else to say, just say hallelujah. Let the highest praise come out. Let the highest praise be lifted out of your mouth. Hallelujah! I know this is different, but that's okay because when God sweeps into a room, uh, anything can happen. Uh, when people begin to unite and begin to worship God at the same time, uh, I'm here to tell you anything can happen. more minutes here Bible study still going on but let's worship him Jesus right now come on I don't want to praise him because I need something huh? but when I think of the goodness of Jesus God you've been so good to me
I want to end with this real quick. If you're continue to worship God, if you are, that's okay. But I remember in our first building, it was in a January, Pastor wanted to have a prayer meeting every morning, the month of January. And so we went, this is the first building off of Diversified. And we went there every morning, I believe it was 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And we would be there and just anybody that could come. And I remember going in there in the back corner and I was just frustrated. I was just aggravated. Have you ever been just aggravated? You didn't know what to say. You just got on your knees and you were ready to give it to God. And then you get on your knees and you're just like, you don't know what to say, right? And I remember getting on my knees and just so frustrated with some stuff that was going on in my life. And I remember I didn't know what to say. I, I just was just, confusion was in my mind. But on that morning at 5.30, I just said, you know what, God? I don't believe the enemy has any control over me. I said this to Charlie. I don't know if Charlie's in the house, but I, I told Charlie the other day, I said, Charlie, do you realize that any attack from the enemy has to be first approved by God? Do you realize that? Because if you don't believe that, then you believe the enemy has more power than God. So that, to me, that don't make sense. So if the enemy is going to do something at first, God's got to allow it, right? And so I begin to think about that and I say, God, if you're allowing this, then this must be for a purpose. So God, you already know what you're doing. So I just begin to worship him in that moment. And I can't even tell you the peace that passed all of my understanding. See, that's what that scriptures mean. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of thy ways acknowledge him. Come on. God, when I don't understand, uh, let me just worship him and let him take care of it. When I don't know what to say, just, God, I love you. God, I magnify you. Get wrapped up into his worship. Let God fight your battle. You're not going to fight it by yourself. You'll lose by yourself. But when you begin to magnify him, can we do that one more time? Could somebody in this house just say, God, I love you. Not for what you can do, but for who you are. God, I pray in this house, God, that your spirit would continue. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.